that we are live. Welcome to episode... <laughs> the time to start. Yeah, yeah. Do the average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode 226 of Together BHA. Uh, happy international break, fellas. How was your week off? Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, not too much. I was, I was just moaning to Adam about uh, the, amount, the amount that's been going on personally, but just a wedding season, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, this is a, a lot to go to. But what about you, Adam? You good? Yeah, I didn't watch a minute of England football, and I'm glad about that. Uh, I should just try to avoid it like the plague. Um, Even with uh, Dunkey playing? Well, I credit that, and I heard it was incredible that everyone was saying it, it was an amazing performance, but um, I refused to watch that bloody fraud manager <laughs> plays idiot players with all due respect to the rest of the team that are worth their spots there i can't i can't stand him um but outside of that it's been it's been a great 24 hours i tell you that yeah there's been worse hasn't there um it's, it's hopefully by the end of next sunday we'll be talking about one of the best seven day periods in brighton history really uh, Dick in United at Old Trafford, our first home game in the Europa League, our first game in the Europa League uh, against Athens, who have sold out their away allocation quick, by the way. So that's fun. Um, and then obviously a home game against Bournemouth on the Sunday as well. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Uh, you were in, you were at Old Trafford yesterday. I was 11 hour round trip. I'm very tired. Worth, it's a long worth way. it though. Yeah. And, and to be clear, like, that's just from the Midlands, like fair play to all of those people coming from Brighton doing the actual trip all the way up there. Well, think of the trip long. the poor man you fans had to take. <laughs> the same place. They had you. the longer commute, yeah. <laughs> Plymouth, Wales. Yeah, all over, place. just not Manchester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, We are missing Rubinho today. Uh, he is at a birthday party. Lucky him, talking about wedding season. Craig, you're not mm. wrong. There's a bunch of them going on, events these yeah. days. Um, but yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, what a fantastic day out, uh, but what a scary start in 11, though, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but we were, I was on the, the tram to Old Trafford when it came out, and the amount of United fans that looking in there, they were just like, this team is dog shit, like, we'll, we'll batter them, like, we're going to batter them. Um, and I can't say I fully disagreed with them. Uh, Welbeck in, Lalana in. Uh, Adingra gets his first start. Dahoud back in the squad. Lamptey at left back. Steele back in for Verbruggen, which isn't a huge newsworthy thing these days. Unlike most teams, this is a pretty clear uh, number one spot that's going to be swapped at will. What were your thoughts on the other changes in that lineup going to Old Trafford, where they had not lost a single game in the Premier League? since losing to us last year in August, when you looked at that lineup with your Welbecks, your Lalanas, your Dahoods, your your Adingras, what were your your first thoughts upon seeing that eleven? I, I think any any lineup without Esther Pinion now just immediately lowers my confidence level. Um, so I think he's just important, but we'll we'll come on to that. Um, I, yeah, it was strange. Sort of six changes. I know no March, no Purvis. Um, just I fully expected Gilmore to start as well, given the form that he's been as well and focusing on the bench. Uh yeah, it didn't it didn't fill me with any sort of rabid confidence, but shall we say? But yeah, I'm glad to be mistaken. Yeah, it was no, it wasn't. Uh I think now though, I can confidently say that Deserby could put out any team 
that he wants. And I think now you just have to buy into it. You just have to be like, okay, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, maybe, but except Adam Webster, but it's just, it's just ridiculous what, what he can put out there in terms of quality. How many tweets have you guys seen now? I swear over the last 24 hours, this number has changed. Every time I read a new version of this tweet about how much our starting 11 cost in transfer fee, I feel like it's gone down every time I see it. It's now like someone paid us to have those players, but it's, what was it like something around 16 million quid, 15 million quid or something like that. Our starting 11 costs. Um, just, just, silly like it was like he he made it so that man united had every opportunity to beat us and then more well, the rest is history yeah i mean it was it was worrisome that starting 11 i was concerned no best opinion or not even on the bench of course right like the international break apparently he came back very tired seems to be a, a running theme for the ecuador players because caicedo didn't even make the bench today either uh, for similar reasons so i don't know what they were doing over in ecuador running these poor kids into the ground but like none of them came back in any position to play football um which is something that is going to persist at least for this first half of the season right the international breaks don't stop uh along with europa league games and premier league games and carabao cup games if and when we win our first one against chelsea um yeah, it was it was a worrying start in eleven. Uh, but like you said, like that that Wolves game last season, I think we were all just assuming it was just an immediate forfeit, basically of an eleven, and we put six past them, uh, and we added another three to the repertoire yesterday. Um, but for that first fifteen minutes, um, Deserby said outright that United did not play as as the team expected them to play, um, and we know what he means by that because they formulated themselves in a diamond formation in the midfield and a very narrow one at that and really clogged up that central midfield. Um, Rashford operating on the left, but also as a striker, uh, Hoyland, Hutchland, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but the new striker that they've signed uh, in his first Hoyland. Hoyland. Yeah. I just want to say Harland. Like Nick is calling Rasmus easier, isn't it? Rasmus. Yeah. Rasmus up front with, with Rashford. Um, and for that first 15 minutes, all right, you guys, but like uh, in the stadium, like the atmosphere was immense, by the way. Um, but they were all over us. Uh, like they had four shots, all of them with decent ones as well. Uh, they were all over us. They were just pressing really high, causing us all sorts of problems. Our play in the middle of the park wasn't what we expected to be able to do. And I don't know about you, but like, watching it on the TV, but like, was it as bad as it felt in the stadium? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) We do. How often do we do this though? How long have we been saying the first 10 minutes of every game? I feel like it's just batting down the hatches and let's hope we don't concede because they were on one. They were absolutely. And thankfully though, man, United seemingly only can are able to try for about 10 to 15 minutes of a, of a football game. Um, But it was, and that's the that's the only like worry I think you have. Well, it's not the only worry. There's two worries that you have with this team, which is the West Ham setup, where you just get caught on the counter and they sit incredibly deep, or you you face a team that is able to keep up that manic press and is able to score a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes to change the whole outcome of the game because then you aren't able to play the proper version of Deserby Ball where you can just frustrate and frustrate and, and then create those openings. Thankfully, though, um, Marcus Rashford 
um, can't hit the ball on target. I mean, it really does boil down to that, doesn't it? Because he had everything except for the final ball, whether it was a shot or a pass. And when he finally did, it was out of, out of touch anyway. But he was absolutely electric yesterday. He torched us constantly and did nothing with it. It was really quite sad to see from an England fan perspective, wasn't it? Um, because he was he was really effective until, well, until it came down to the really important bit, which is the kind of kind of pro- like production you see from, no disrespect to them, but like Everton players, not Manchester United players, right? Like it's... We got away with it a little bit that he was so poor yesterday. I, he was lazy, really. I think that was like, oh, yeah. I mean, well, oh, yeah. The first fifteen minutes, we'll, we'll stick to that. I think, yeah, we're completely all over us. Like it wasn't nice watching on the TV or in person. Um, but as, as soon as we were able to sort of, I guess, weather the storm and just get get the ball and and dictate a little bit more like that's that's when it started to click and everything started to work um there's a, there's a lot in the press at the moment around how we change things on 15 minutes as well um and i'm sure we'll talk about that at length as well but just using wide if you are going to go with a narrow diamond then fine we'll we'll go wide and, and we'll we'll work it that way um and once we got comfortable doing that and once those changes worked uh it completely swung in our favor and, and didn't even look back yeah, it was like a flip, a switch was flipped, wasn't it? I, on the sort of fifteen or so minutes, and I remember I had my neighbours round yesterday who were Man United fans, um, which was funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I saying I was like in the first few minutes, I was like, wait, wait until we get about fifteen minutes in, and I guarantee suddenly we'll start bringing the ball under control and start passing it around. And it's it's just it happened, but that's feel it feels like that's standard a, a weekend with Brighton nowadays, isn't it? Like just. This the same process every 15 minutes at the start of a game. Yeah, it does seem that way. Uh, Stephen in the chat, um, who do you guys think is a better poker player, Bloom or Deserby? I don't know about you, but like that's a charity match I'd love to watch. What those two playing poker, wouldn't you? That'd be mental. Yeah, that's a that's a charity thing, right? Deserby just flipped the table, and he <laughs> yeah, one wrong hand, and he's just losing his mind. Um, and he's also asking where he sends the razor blades for my charity now. It really says volumes about my self care when I don't know whether you mean my face or my head because I haven't had a head in like eight weeks uh, and I do need a shave as well. So, like, thank you for pointing that out, Stephen, for my mental health. We'll link the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll link the just giving, like, whatever, go fund me. Uh, yeah, it was on 15 minutes, as you say, the, the difference was really stark. Like, at Old Trafford, we're in the corner. Um, and it went from being like the way they were standardly formation, like to Dunk almost being underneath us. They were so wide uh, and so available out wide. And the amount of, you know, medium long balls that Steele was pinging out to the fullbacks, pretty much on target every single time as well. I mean, there's a reason why him and Verbruggen are both so easily interchangeable isn't it because Steele was fantastic yesterday even when things weren't going our way in that first 15 minutes he didn't really put a foot wrong um when you compare what it probably would have been like if a certain Sanchez was in goal yesterday we'd probably have been three down on 15 minutes just from the amount of giveaways and crazy balls he would have been given away crazy transformation from Jason Steele isn't it like I know we talk about it all the time but uh one of his statements yesterday was was 
impressive, really, like, and one you would hope to see from a mature goalkeeper. Um, they were talking to him and kind of, I suspect, trying to get a bit of a soundbite out of him uh, in regards to being rotated with Verbruggen after last year. Um, and he he outright said that he changed, like, steal on to Zerbi. He changed my life last season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I haven't trust and faith in me. So whatever he wants from me, I'll give him no problem. Uh, doesn't get much better than that, does it? Right, it's it's incredible, isn't it? You, you're talking about yeah, a goalkeeper that had an entire episode dedicated to him on Sunderland Till I Die <laughs> about just the how how wrong that club was going at that point. And I think, yeah, it, the transformation is amazing. Right? And it it's testament to both of the goalkeepers that we don't, Oh, I'm speaking for myself. I don't really care if it's for Bruggen or Steel. Um, I feel fully comfortable with them both. And I know we spoke about this before, but that just shows you the level that they're both playing at or the level that we expect or the floor that they have um, is that you feel entirely comfortable. Even in those first 15 minutes, I was like, Steel's not going to make a mistake. Um, and and that, that level is so high compared to the team that they're playing. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible. It's funny that on the other, the under, other end of the pitch, there's a what Ballon d'Or nominee in Andre Onana, and he's crap. Um, he is crap. Because if you were going to say someone was a Ballon d'Or winner, I'd pick it would be Jason Steele, then the uh, the Alsop keeper in Verbruggen, and then Onana would be maybe round out the top three. De Gea probably third. <laughs> Free agent De Gea. <laughs> yeah, I he's just he was. I would I would take either of our keepers either way, but I think it also it goes goes back to the kind of a discussion we probably had about how how Deserbi raises the, the game of all these players, and it's a group of players that are playing for the manager and are playing for the club. They, they seem to be proud to be playing for this team. I also love Deserbi's comments after the game yesterday, where he was he, he's like proud to be manager of Brighton. It's a privilege to be manager of this club. Um, speaks volumes. And the other side of the pitch, you've got a group of players that. Uh, proud to collect their paychecks. And that was the difference between the two teams yesterday, in my opinion. Um, obviously, quality-wise, in quotation marks, the Man United eleven was far superior to what we put out there. And then the discipline, the hard work, the closing down outside of the first 10 minutes, and then the ability for the players to actually convert and, and work a little bit extra was the difference between a, what's frankly, you know, should have really been a 4-0 win um, but a tidy, tidy, comfortable win. Yeah, it's it's mental, really. And when you say that, like it almost goes down the club, like from before times, right? Like I don't know if you saw Tony Bloom's interview on Thursday or Friday. Anybody who hasn't who's listening in, I recommend you go watch it. It's like a ten minute interview with uh, I think it's Johnny Cantor. Um, but Bloom interviews are hard hard enough to come by. We know this. Like he's not he's not comfortable talking to the press very often. Um, but he was very vocal in the fact that Deserby hasn't just changed the way we play. He challenges Bloom in ways he never even thought possible. And this is a this is a owner that's widely regarded as a genius, by the way, by the greater media and the thirty two thousand going to the Amex every week and the millions of people watching Brighton in Japan, America, everywhere else, right? Like Everybody widely assumes that Bloom is pretty much the best owner in football. And if any club, every club would want their own Tony Bloom. Mm-hmm. And he is surprised constantly by the way that Deserby is demanding more of him, the team, the culture, the city, everything. 
Um, and I think that's like the difference that you don't, you don't even think about when it comes to your Potters and your Hutons. And like, that's no disrespect to Hutton. He, he got us here, right? Like it was an incredible promotion season, everything. Uh, and the foundation that Potter and Bloom built together is why we're able to do what we're doing today. No matter how much of a prick he is now, right? Like it's still, it's still the truth. Um, and yet the, I saw someone refer to Potter online as the gray man this morning compared to Derby. <laughs> And, like, I just thought it was just so perfect. Like, it really was. Like, the only flash of real personality you ever saw of Graham Potter as a Brighton Albion manager was him telling us we needed a fucking history lesson. Like, him lashing out at his own fans. Well, he did did say he did shout seagulls in the parking lot once. Don't forget that. Right. Got it. Okay. Top two moments. (laughs) (laughs) Out of two. Like, and, and, like, that's, that's it. Like, it... And there's a there's a culture that Deserby and his team have instilled that just seems to be meshing with the club at the right time where you're seeing this genuinely like and I hate saying it as fans of it because you don't want it to like ruin and curse it by saying it, but like this special like once in a lifetime, right place, right time combination that's seemingly starting to formulate here. Um and we're just really lucky to have him, I think, aren't we? Like it's crazy. I saw a funny YouTube comment while I was watching some of the highlights yesterday. Some someone saying along the lines talking about the game yesterday. I was like, I normally root for the underdog, so it was a shame, man, you lost. And but that's that's like this mentality behind this team now is just I don't know. It's just it's something special. Like and it's not it's not really many other clubs in this league that that, that have this. And long may it continue. Like it's just. You can't, it's hard to get used to the idea that we go to Old Trafford, we're expected to win in some ways, then we put out a team that costs about 50 quid to put together, and then we batter them anyway. And it's like, and people walk away and go, yeah, Brighton just really outplayed Manu. So what, what is this? And what, were the only, only, only Man City and Liverpool that have beaten Man United, is it four times on the trot? Is that, is that the right yeah. stat? Spot on. Um, like, what is this company we're keeping? And now you keep hearing about, oh, Brighton should be, Brighton look really like a Champions League team. They should be competing for Champions uh, It's early, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with sort of Ange Postacoglu soundbite that he came out with yesterday when he was asked, like, should, should Spurs fans be tempering their expectations? He's like, no, screw it. Just get carried away. Why not? It's, it's been bad in history for, as a Spurs fan. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it. Let's just keep this going. That's how I feel being a Brighton fan right now. Like, just... Screw it. Let's just hope for everything. Let's 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 hope for the Europa League. Let's hope for a Champions League spot. It doesn't matter. We're just it's incredible. Yeah, I, I, yesterday puts it into perspective, doesn't it? With sort of six six changes, just go to Old Trafford, play them off the park for seventy five minutes, and you know go home. Right now, <laughs> onto the Europa League. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, it's so strange to me. And you know, you bring up Poet Hutton, You know. You even put <laughs> throw Sammy Hoopier in there as well, just for just for the lols. But Jesus, it, it, it's amazing. And I think, like like Josh said, it's that perfect storm of having the right manager with the right owner at the right time. Um, and we'll just see where he goes. I mean, you got what five games, twelve points. And um, I know we had an, maybe an easier start than most teams, but we're coming into a really good stretch of games here, and and we've started it really high. 
Yeah, Stephen in the chat asking that with so many pundits praising De Zerbi, do you think his ethos has modernised football? Um, I'll give my answer to that. Not yet. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised in five or six years' time he is being talked about in the same breath as Pep regularly, not just now as a fad. He will manage um, Manchester City in a few years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so I think not yet is the answer, Stephen, for me, but like in the future, yeah, there's just something about him. Like it's this energy he brings, like the arrogance that other fans hate so much, which means, you know, he's really good um, because they really hate that. Uh, it's the same that, I mean, all the great managers do, right? Like even your Fergies who are a bit more like, you know, brought back into it. They had that like ego that went with them and deserve. He has one like in spades. Um, and like he carries it with him. Um, he made the changes on about 15 minutes. Uh, and it took five minutes after those changes to be made, uh, for Manchester United legend, Danny Welbeck, uh, to make the most of it. Um, a Dingra, first of all, down the right, caused some problems all day yesterday. Thought he played really well. Um, Adam Lalana, unbelievable faint, by the way. Just oh, chef. Magician. Yeah. Uh, and then it just falls to Danny Welbeck to slot home. Uh, straight in the middle of the goal, Ballandor, Anana, unable to get a hat to it. Um, I do love that. We'll talk about it later, but I do love that it's the only save came to just ruin our afternoon. But uh, yeah, 1-0 up. Out of nowhere, really, wasn't it? And from then on, it felt like United heads went down big time. Uh, we West Ham them. Uh, yeah, it was it was lovely. But we... So th- there was a lot of confusion around how... We talked a lot about our lineup, but there was a lot of confusion around how Man U would line up. And, and as you say, like there was comments after the game, Deserby basically admitted to say that they, they, they played in a way we didn't expect for the first 15 minutes. Um, but they also, like personnel-wise, we didn't know if Lissandro Martinez was going to be able to play or whether they'd have to roll out... <laughs> Johnny Evans or um, Harry Maguire. We didn't really know what they were going to do at like left back. Um, and but so you ended up with with Spurs reject Sergio Reguilon playing, and we directed a lot of play up that right hand side, and probably heavily by design. Right, you don't have Purvis on the left hand side for this game. You're playing Tarek Lamptey out of position. We'll get onto Tarek Lamptey because he was phenomenal. Um, so so what do you do? Well, you you go with your how was a dinger? 12? Like you, you've at <laughs> Old Trafford, but funnel everything through a dinger predominantly on the right hand side. And he was up to it. And he was also really good defensively, too. But that move was so, it was so simple. It's like, all right, we're, we're completely under pressure here for the first 15, 20 minutes. And then we're just going to just play some simple triangles, run up the pitch. Welbeck's going to hand the ball off. A dinger's going to look up, not just a blind ball into the cross. He's going to look up. Find Welbeck, Lalana just pulls off, as you say, just unbelievable little like murking of the defender there, and then bam. And as you say, yeah, the the Man United tried to get back, but you've got to keep the ball on the pitch, unfortunately. So um, yeah, not to be for them. Adinger is our most expensive player on the pitch, by the way. <laughs> that is crazy, oh, isn't what it? What a joke! Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just that. Um, 
the head strop because it's such a sucker punch, right? You, you think, you know, they've had 15 minutes, four shots, everything's, you know, turning up gold for them. And you, they just get drawn into this stinger of a goal. Um, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, the, the, the game changes from there. And I think one of the key differences there is typically when we go 1-0 up, we then... We're, we're then so vulnerable for like three or four minutes um, where we think, right, they're just going to hit us straight back. But there was never a chance of that yesterday. Um, and it just, we got the ball back and kept it for three to four minutes and, and just sort of took took any sort of chance of a counter out. It's, it's impressive. Again, we, we keep talking about the amount of changes that you've made, right? You, you've changed more than well, essentially half of that team and you're still operating at such a high level here where you would go one nil up at Old Trafford and then you just keep the ball uh, and just say, right, that's it. It's it's our game now. It's it's remarkable. It, yeah, I mean, the it is always one of those scary things. You don't know what's going to happen when you've got the goal, especially at Old Trafford, right? Like after that first 20 minutes, like you say, like you expect a response and we did not allow it whatsoever. Like it, I was thinking the exact same thing, you know, like in the crowd. Like, I can't believe that we're just holding the ball here, like at Old Trafford and just choking them to death. And one thing that was really noticeable from the stands, and I don't know how noticeable it was on the TV because I've not really had a chance to watch it, but I just watched the match of the day highlights really. But the amount of times their pressing was just horribly disjointed and unorganized. The amount of times people towards the front Hoyland, Matt Rashford, all of them really on that front line who just threw their hands up in frustration when three of the four pressed and the other one just laid off and Lamptey was wide open. And it sounds stupid, but like I think Danny Murphy said it like it was just simple football at the end of the simple day. Simple like, was. You can't not do that as a Manchester United. Like you've got to be drilled to some extent. And they just were so disjointed yesterday off the ball as much as they were on it. Matt? They are, and, and I think what's even funnier about it is they then took off Hoyland at a certain, like later, what was, was it, 60, 70 minutes? And that yeah. reception, you'll, you'll know better than us, but we could hear it. They weren't happy about that because um, he looked the most likely to do anything unless, you know, you just wanted Rashford to dance around a little bit more. And then uh, arguably their best player was Scott McTominay. Uh, he had a few like moments, but outside of that, they were just, they don't, they don't seem to care. And I, even though we've, we battered Luton, we battered Wolves, comfortably beat Newcastle, Man United, I haven't seen a side as uninterested and abject, probably as when we played West Ham at home last season. Like as clearly like not bothered by the sort of inevitability of the outcome of the game. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, Post-goal, everything just went a bit casual, didn't it? Um, There was not that pressing that we were expecting. There wasn't the worry that we were expecting. Uh, And then all of a sudden, out of frigging nowhere, finally, one successful counter-attack from Marcus Rashford, which is all it takes in this game, especially at a place like Old Trafford with a team like Manchester United. Squares the ball in uh, for Hoyland, who really coolly finishes it, by the way. Very good finish from him. Um, And Old Trafford erupts. Everyone's super happy. And people around me start going, oh, they're VAR in it. 
We had no idea what they were VAR in it for until you said, Adam, in the chat. Absolute lifesaver. I was like, I had no idea. What are they even showing for? I was like, they're not offside. Like, he played it from the touchline. Um, and then people started coming through whatever stream they've got. I don't know how people have got decent streams in the middle of Old Trafford or any football stadium, by the way. But like, barely send a message in a stadium. Normally. Yeah, but like, these absolute magicians have got one going and they're like, oh, it's out like on the touchline. Like, they're going to give it out. So then the celebrations start. United players don't know what's going on. Um, but it was definitely out. Do you think? I've seen images of it, and there's really not many angles to me that look like it wasn't over the line. Yeah, it, it looks out, doesn't it? Um, and those those are always sort of tough, especially I don't know what technology they use, like whether they the goal line technology, but for the whole line. I but you know, there's there's those sort of bits. The cameras tried to do a good job of it, but for me it looked out. You know, just by a little bit though, it was very, very close. Uh, it was out, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could see blades of green grass on one of the angles. Um, and I also think it would have been really unfair on Van Hecker, who I thought defended it really, really well. Um, when I watched it live, I was like, How has that ball gone in? That kind of like, how could that be possible? It looked like he showed him to the line, where it, what that's because it wasn't possible. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, but the funny part is we come out for the second half. He, he does the same bloody thing again and nearly, nearly scores too. He runs down right to the byline and there was no one to finish it. But yeah, there was three or four in that second half that flashed, flashed across the goal line, um, that came to absolutely nothing simply because we were able to get a body in the way or there was just no one there. Um, in that second half, they, they tried it a few times. Um, but that half time came at the right time, really, because they were starting to get onto us a little bit. Um, came out in the second half, quite 50 50, I thought, for mm-hmm. the first kind of seven or eight minutes. It was quite, I was expecting another like barrage of attack from United, and it never really came. Um, and then came one of the most disgusting feints I've ever seen <laughs> uh, from, from anyone, let alone a Brighton of Albion player. Um, and James said it in the chat. United fans must just love Pascal Gross. Uh, seven of his 28 Premier League goals have came against Manchester United. Uh, and this one, the setup at least, was an absolute beauty, wasn't it? And Tariq Lamptey's first assist of the afternoon. Really good. Yeah. Um, it's just good play. I think we, we can probably talk about Lamptey now, right? Um, but no, just, we're, we're got, we don't, Scott, we've got to wait another yeah, 10 minutes. Solid. You've got to so wait to the man of the match part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for someone that is a natural right back, um, playing left back and being able to do that role, uh, he was left free a fair amount of times. And although he still looks raw to me, like he's just, he's so electric, isn't he? Um, and being able to sort of support Matoma in that role. Um they sort of really doubled up on Matoma, so it left Lamptey a little bit more free, and he made the most of it. It's a, it's a good move, and it's disgusting from Pascal, but it, it seems to be that the best. Well, he likes playing at Old Trafford, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, the sent sent Martinez for a hot dog, and it and then it's two 0 It's it simple football, like we said. Just it, it seems so simple and so easy, and um, but obviously meticulous in design. Yeah, best best centre back in the league, uh, Lissandro Martinez. Uh, according to many Man United fans, just absolutely destroyed, destroyed. Uh, but I think we pro- we sort of all fell for it. Like it was so, it was such an effective fake shot. 
And he just has the ball go. Like it just, I, was, I don't know. It was just very, very, very well done. But the the, the difference between, yeah, it's not like I know we talked about, but we did the scoreline. We battered Man United, but they had a lot of shots. Like it's not like we had eighty percent possession or anything silly. Like they they had plenty of chances to win this game. But the difference, we were just so clinical. And that was one of the ones that summed it up between Gross and then obviously we're going to get on and talk about the Shao Petro goal. Just give a half decent opportunity. And we were really, really clinical. And that's just, it's so weird to say that after so watching for so long over the last few years where you just, you said the opposite. Or like, oh God, we've had 400 chances and we can't finish one. Now, all right, just give us three. And, and we're okay with that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no longer XG meme, right? We're just no. scoring them. Um, our XG was incredibly good yesterday as well. I think it was yeah. two point something. Like we're we're still creating a lot of very good chances. Um, after that second goal, though, I I thought, okay, like this is they're gonna come at us now. Like, and it still never happened. Uh, next ten minutes became very scrappy. Almost football that like you, you're not you're like almost like passively watching. You know when you're like driving like down like a motorway and you just get like that like driving amnesia. Like it felt like that for like like ten minutes of football. It was just people kicking up all around really. <laughs> um, and then the changes were made um, at two 0 up at Old Trafford. Uh, Ansu Fati and Jao Pedro were brought on for Adam Lalana and Danny Welbeck. And let me tell you that Ansu Fati substitution was as loud in the stadium as the two goals that came before it. I know if you could hear it as loudly on the, on the, on the TV, but the buzz for him before, like as soon as people started to see that he was like, the murmurings went through the crowd of like, he's took his like training stuff off. He's getting his shirt on. And then it just like, it was just this fever pitch of like fat. He's coming on. And like, you can't, I can't imagine what it must feel like for him to have come from Barcelona Obviously, we've talked about this ad nauseum now as to like how big of a name this kid is, and to clearly be hearing all of this before he's even so much as kicked a ball. He's being all hype at this point, and he's coming on at two 0 up at Old Trafford to inject some more energy and terrorism to the front line, along with Jao Pedro, who is obviously an incredibly talented player in and of himself, and we'll talk about him too. Um, and Manchester United's answer was to bring on Anthony Martial for their £70 million or £100 million striker uh, and Hannibal Med- Mabry, Medbury, uh for a £720 Casemiro yesterday. Um, I've never seen a player so unbelievably out of shape, by the way, yesterday as Casemiro. Absolutely shocking. Like, bad. Um there are levels to this, isn't there? Uh, when you look at the depth on that squad squad list, uh, and it is baffling to think that Brighton's was by far the superior bench yesterday. I, I mean, I looked at the bench before the game, right? You, you look at the six changes we made, and you go, "Oh, you know, we're in deep doo doo." And um, but you then look at the bench, and you've got Gilmore, folks, and Pedro, Milner, Fatty, like. There's some serious firepower on that bench, and and those two subs just shows you exactly what we've got. Um, even bringing Ferguson on with like five minutes to go, like it's just it's silly, isn't it? Um, but I'm glad he's getting a good reception. I think yeah, there's a lot of hype around him, but I guess just try not to listen to the noise. Um, 
yeah, a good chance that he should have put away. But yeah, it is it is what it is. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was a, a loud reaction. Um, but it was obviously it was Pedro that <laughs> that made the difference of the two anyway. I haven't heard such a loud noise for a fatty coming on since Lampard's last <laughs> Chelsea game. <laughs> How long have you uh, had that one in the last? Yeah, uh, it's, it's been five, ten minutes. <laughs> uh, but you know, <laughs> you know what's crazy though? With thirty minutes in, this is the first time we're talking about this guy we signed from Barcelona, uh, and the the guy that scored a hat trick last time we're out. Like, it's just just nuts. Um, but no, I mean, it's he, as you say, he had a guilt head chance, and he should have made it for Ansu Fati. But we'll probably get on to talk about the Jao Pedro goal. The the runs that were made by Matoma and Ansu Fati were the reason why Jao Pedro was standing in about four acres of space. And Lampsy just looked up and went, oh, there's no one marking the guy with the number nine on his back. Uh, here's the ball. And it's just part laziness of Man U and their lack of positioning. And aware, he's wearing number nine, right? I can't even remember anymore the shirt numbers. Part Man United being awful and lazy. And then part the fact that you have to mark one of the most dangerous wingers in the Premier League of Matoma, you have to mark Ansu Fati, who's just come on fresh legs and is darting forward. And then you leave Jao Pedro, who is clearly very, 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 very capable of finishing with a plomb. And it was a wonderful finish. And Anana's little jelly hands didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he was not good. Um, and I think... Pierre in the chat has just summarized the next two minutes better than anyone I better than I could have because it's exactly what I wanted to address and you've just absolutely nailed it Pierre so Pierre in the chat uh, he said he loved how Pedro's goal sent United's most impatient support packing uh, so they missed their only goal um, so many left after that goal just poured out and two minutes later they scored um, which then also, as Pierre said, simultaneously made the rest of their support stay for another 20 minutes of like just abject misery where we choked them out of the game and probably could have scored two more, um, which they then had to be subjected to just in case. Um, outrageous, really. Uh, but what a strike from old Hannibal. Um, absolutely unreal hit, wasn't it? I, I, I didn't even know who he was when he came on. I was like, I didn't know they'd sign Fellaini. Like, what was that? I thought he was still over in somewhere else. It's a good hit. I I think we should have got in front of it, should have done better. Um, but you're, you're 3-0 up. Maybe an inch of complacency comes in, you know, that's natural. But, yeah, it's, it's a shame. Uh, again, we can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives, can we? I think, but... Uh, but as long as we're scoring three or four a game, which we're averaging three goals a game at the moment, then letting the odd one in, I don't really mind too much. But uh, it's a good strike. I loved how he just celebrated it like it was the best day of his life as well. It probably was, to be fair to him. Like, it's first Premier League goal. But um, but yeah, just celebrating like a madman when they've just got a, <laughs> a consolation back after being 3-0 down um, is, is very funny to me. I was trying to figure out whether I wanted to do a... Uh, Carthage general joke or a Hannibal Lecter joke and I'm just going to bypass both of them but yeah it was a, it was a good hit uh, but it didn't it didn't matter so screw him uh, yeah I didn't know who he was when he came on I was just like oh he looks like Gwen Doozy um, and that was that yeah you're not wrong uh, four minutes after the goal uh, where we expected okay they've got a goal Old Trafford's well up for it now they're going to come after us 
Um, we put paid to that very quickly. They they did dominate possession for a couple of minutes. They 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 pushed and pushed, uh, and then a couple of substitutions were made um, that basically ended the game. The uh, Hood came off for Billy Gilmore, um, and Tarek Lamptey, who ran his race, came off for Hammers Milner, um, and <laughs> it ended the game. You know, for all intents and purposes, because the extra that body in midfield with the energy again just choked them out entirely. Gilmore choked them. The passing array that he showed in that last He's so minutes, good. Just insane. Um, and Milner at left back, we've given him a bad rap, but this is exactly what we wanted Milner to be doing as yes. a Brighton player. This is he his role. On, yeah, this is, this is exactly what we wanted. He was great yesterday. He ruined their entire game plan with Gilmore together. That physicality just ruined it. And that's exactly what you want to see from James Milner in a Brighton shirt. And it basically just ruined the game for them. Uh, about 10-ish minutes later on the 85th minute, um, shortly after there was a counter-attack for United down that left-hand side or rather our right. And I, I, I turned to the missus and I said, a dinger is going to like die if we don't take him off. Like He could not track back for that. He was running his heart out and he still like couldn't run more than like one mile an hour. He was so tired. And Deserby must have seen it literally right in front of him because within like 60 seconds, Fergie was out, stripped and on uh, for a dingra. And from then on, like it it could have been four or five. We had uh, a bunch Ferguson. of chances, didn't we, at the end? Ferguson had a great chance. Fatty had a superb chance who I think he probably just took one touch too many um, because at that point, the other corner was blocked off to him. Um, that was that I don't mean to cut minutes. you off but that was I don't want to miss the ball from Gilmore because that ball that Gilmore to put Ansu Fati in was oh if you go watch it back if you forget it because it was just a stunning pass that like completely cut out two or three defenders that gave him that opportunity so good no it was but it was outrageous he's unreal isn't he I just thought I just now he's now he's got his chance I guess or, or now he's sort of cemented a place in this team I know who's on the bench today but like even even when he we're, we're talking about a defensive midfielder here that that comes on to to settle a game and we're still talking about how good he is on this podcast and, he's a Norwich and, reject yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and he's been probably our, one of our two three best players this year he's been immense absolutely yeah. immense yeah and there's always a talking point with him just about how good he is. Like normally, I think typically you don't want to hear from your centre backs or your defensive mids. If we don't talk about them, it means they've probably done a good job, right? But this this guy just is going above and beyond at the moment. And that's why I was so surprised that he didn't start today. Um, but you're, yeah, I think the Gilmore, and I, I echo the Milner thing completely. That's exactly what we want him to do. I don't personally want to see him start. I want to see him come on with 15 minutes to go and just shore the game up. Um, uh, but yeah, Gilmore, fantastic. And then you you bring on someone that scored a hat trick two weeks ago for the last five minutes. I it's it's dangerous, isn't it? I mean, it's just stupid, isn't it? Really. Uh, and he got arrested as well, didn't he? Because he pulled out from the Ireland squad. Um, I guess he's had just a knock all the way through preseason, and he just thought it was prudent to not even play for them, uh, which was good news for us. Um, so he came on just terrorised them for like eight minutes. Um, full time comes up, loads of booze, very sad old Trafford. Um, and I will say, I've been to a lot of football in my life uh, prior to moving over to the US, and now obviously I've been starting to go again since. And I, I don't think 
I've ever encountered a group of fans more openly, just like grossly homophobic as United fans yesterday. Um, there were several slurs thrown my way, kids' ways, like just simply for having Brian shirts on as they walked past. Uh, there was like dads doing it, people our age doing it, kids doing it. Um, full time after full time at the train station at Manchester Piccadilly, it was even worse. Um, it was bad. It was it was honestly really poor. Um, and I've, I haven't encountered that level in a long time. I'll tell you when I encountered that level most recently, there was Derby away a couple like 10 odd years ago where it was really bad. But that was probably the worst homophobic stuff I've ever seen. Uh, and the police inevitably did absolutely nothing despite them being quite loud next to cops. Um, yeah, it was it was just worth bringing up, I think, because it is 2023 and we're supposed to all be a slightly bit more <laughs> grown up these days than we were 20 years ago. But it was absolutely appalling yesterday and they should genuinely just be like ashamed. Uh, there's Unfortunately, there's a lot of football fans that are um, Neanderthals. Uh, and I guess there were a lot of them there. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's archaic, isn't it? It's But I, I tell you what, to put a positive spin on it for reprehensible behaviour, um, I think we're going to see an increase in it because we're now not just like pushovers. Um, they're angry. They're angry. So they'll pull out whatever they've got in the bottom of the drawer to like throw out some insults. And that's the easiest one, isn't it? It's the lowest IQ one they've got. Um, but it's because they got embarrassed. Um, yeah. It's just a low-hanging fruit, isn't it, from, <laughs> I guess, it's just very primitive behaviour. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. We're, we're, not this, we're not this nice club anymore, right? We're going to go to Old Trafford and we're going to make you look stupid and you're going to show your true colours. And obviously it's reprehensible and it's, you know, we should condemn it at every avenue, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it doesn't justify it at all, but... It's just small brains choosing the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I said that to the missus too because we were talking about it at the train station. And I said to her like the same thing. I was like, the only reason this is happening is because we dicked them. You wouldn't be here. They won't be saying all these things if we, you know, if we had lost. They'd be they'd be very quiet or just happy in general. Um, but they're just a pathetic team and a pathetic fan base, so they're upset. Um, so it was it was just really sad to see. Really. Uh, but the result was not, so fuck them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about player performances in specific. Uh, do, who do you want to start with uh, of basically the entire team uh, that you want to shout out as some superb performances yesterday that you guys had stand out to you? Well, this is infringing on Man of the Match discussion, isn't it? Heavily. Wow. Do we want to start with man of the match then and then give shout outs to the other players that deserve it? Deserve it? Yeah, but can I go last? Oh, absolutely. Of course Tremendous. you can, Adam. Anything you need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go, I'll go first then. Uh, so I am going to go with Pascal Gross as my man of the match um, because the guy has just scored his seventh league goal against Manchester United. Uh, he is just a disgusting machine of a man. Um he has been widely praised by German fans after his first international call-up. Loved him. They absolutely loved him. Wanted to know why he hasn't been playing in their team for the last like 10 years. Um, obviously, he's found a home here in Brighton. 
he was, you talk about being proud of playing for the club. So random to see him like passionately, like kissing the badge after the second goal. Like he was just absolutely loving life, came straight to the fans, knew what he wanted to do. Like he was just over the moon with it. He had a hundred passes yesterday with a 98% pass accuracy rate in the middle of the park that we've just talked about being incredibly clogged up and a goal. Unbelievable. What's that percentage pass accuracy to the mathematicians in the chat? (laughs) (laughs) It's just outrageous. Like just outrageous. Like I just thought he was absolutely superb yesterday. Um, And he was in what is undoubtedly probably our most lightweight midfield duo with him and Dahoud. Um, and he was superb. Uh, so it probably may be a low-hanging fruit man of the match, but the stats on this guy at the age he is and just everything, really, he's just insane. Like, he's just insane. It's an absolute pleasure to watch him every week at this point. Like, he's just so good. Uh, so he was my man of the match. Uh, Craig, you are inevitably last uh, next as, as Adam is definitely. Yeah, taking requests for, for order now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I I am going to give mine to Tarek Lamptey, I think. Um, I know he was ran absolute ragged. You're talking about setting a high bar with a, a natural right back playing left back to cover for arguably one of our best players in Estepinion um, and asking him to do a job at Old Trafford. Um, and then not only does all the defensive duties he needs to, or, or there, was, there wasn't that many, but but done what he was asked of him and got to assist as well, making himself completely available. I thought he worked really well with Matoma as well, which is also really good. Um, you're now starting thinking, oh, well, maybe he's our left-back cover then. <laughs> so, you know, for, for that opinion, just to change over 90 minutes at, at Old Trafford is, is incredible. So um, worked his socks off, two assists, didn't look out of place at all even though he actually was. Um, I just thought it was a stand-up play uh, and, and a showing from Tarek Lamptey. Yeah, I, I've, well, is, I'm just going to... I'm, pl- I'm plus one in Pascal Gross. Like, but there were some fantastic performances, but his was like a step above. that. that the pass accuracy that you quoted, that like 98%, the fact that he was, it wasn't just short passes, he was throwing long balls around as well, and the goal that was just unbelievable, and the fact that he's just as you say, just come off his first Germany caps earlier on in the week, smashing Man United as usual, passionate about the club, just, and again, like not to throw us under the bus more, but this was the guy that I think collectively the fan base had big question marks about writing off of the club two years ago. He looked abject for large periods of time under Grand Potter, really, really bad. Um, and now he's just, he's the guy. He is the guy. Um, so I completely agree, but you know, shout out to, I thought Danny Welbeck was obviously very, very good yesterday for all of the, all of the, you know, abuse that Danny Welbeck gets and this demand that we want to see Evan Ferguson play that, that role and lead the line. I thought he was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with both of what you guys chose. I thought you were going to go way off piste with the last last request. Um, no, I just want to. Be, I kind of want to be lazy, and and, and I yeah, sort of. Agree. I just wondered whether one of you guys would pick someone random. Uh, but no, I, I agree with what you said. It was. Uh, but I tell you what, the other one that we keep, we talk about and we keep need to eat and crow about is Van der Hecker. Just still, like he's now. I don't want to see anyone else next to Lewis Stunk. 
that right, right hand side in general, right? Like just both of them, Van Hecker and Veltman together yesterday. Yeah. Really good. I thought just, they were really just works, good. Isn't it? it just works, I think. But you're crying out for Veltman on that right back position, even though it's not his, you know, it's not his first choice, but it's just so solid. Um yeah, I apart from Estepinia at left back, that's your that's your back four, right? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, poor, poor Igor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I tell you, I will also give props to Jao Pedro. Obviously, he scored a great goal. Um, but his defensive work yesterday was to be noted uh, because Deserbi has stated quite clearly that his defensive work was piss poor and he needed to work on it. Um, but I thought he, I mean, I think the stats back it up too. He made a couple of tackles at the end of the game track back did a lot of work to just harry them on that right hand side um i thought he was really good yesterday defensively and it, i think it helped massively when you look at players like marcus rashford that basically just goal hanged for the entire 90 minutes at old trafford um i thought that was quite a really good performance from him to come on as a sub and work that hard yeah yeah he was uh I, I, I know we, we talk about Ansu Fatty's chance as well, where he you know probably should have scored it, but his movement and his range of passing that he showed, you could just, you know, when you watch someone, you're just like, oh, it's, he's got quality about him. I'm so excited to see more of him. I know it's staying a bloody obvious because, of course, we are, but like, it's, uh, it's just such a privilege to have the players that we now have that because uh, someone said it was at our best level. We talked about our best back four. I think we've kind of all agreed there. But that front line, when Enciso's healthy, uh, it's just it's just spoiled for choice. It really is. Now we've seen Adingra be able to play really, really well on that fr- uh, on that right wing side. Solly not in the squad because he picked up a knock, but you can't really doubt Solly at this point either. A hat-trick hero, Danny Warbeck scoring against his former club. You've got Matoma, you've got Ansu Fati, you've got Enciso when he's back. I... The Buena Notte is yeah, signing himself somewhere. I don't even know where he is. Um, yeah, just just obscene. That's a good point. Where is he? It's a really good point. Well, maybe he should have gone out on loan. But yeah, yeah. Hind- hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Well, he, yeah, I think he might be the 21st player or however many there are on a match day squad at the moment. Wait, you think, I mean... I don't know if you heard the the whole sort of Ansu Fati thing and how that came about. It's it's awfully quick. I think maybe he's maybe stolen Bonanate's spot, right? Um, I kind of put them Probably. maybe in the same thing, and that's yeah. that's why. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do the ad read for Mr. Green King Sport. Um, so for the 23-24 season, uh, together BHA is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Uh, Green King Sports venues are showing every televised Brighton fixture over the course of the season. Hopefully, we'll be getting a lot of them, right, with the European campaign. Uh, so instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, uh, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. Uh, Green King Sport have just recently launched uh, the Green King Sport Instagram page, uh, which is going to be the home to fan content, including ours, uh, deals and competitions throughout the season. So if you could drop them a follow on Instagram uh, and, you know, you won't just be the first to know about all this. You'll be helping us out as a podcast as well, uh, because if you do that, we get fun stuff. We can then do stuff with you guys. So give them a follow 
uh, on Instagram if you use it, um, and we'll be we'll be able to crack on together. Um, let's talk about Thursday. AEK Athens, who are due to play tonight. Not an easy run for them. They haven't played in two weeks, obviously, with the international break. Uh, but they play tonight against Olympiakos, no less. Uh, and then nicely roll on straight away to play us uh, on the Thursday. What are we What are we hoping here uh, for AEK Athens? Does anybody, please speak now, know anything about AEK Athens and what they offer as a football team? Uh, towards Thursday, because I'll be the first to admit that I have not done much homework on this team whatsoever. Um, they're based in Athens and they play in yellow and black. Yeah. Superb. That's wrapped up. Wrapped up yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. much it, right? There you go. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Uh, so I, I know, I know they're two games into the season, right? So like they, they played a lot of Champions League playoffs and, inevitably got knocked down into to the Europa League. Um, but they are only two games in. They have got a tough game today. Um, I'm looking at their player list. A couple of them ring a bell, but it's not worth talking about, I don't think. But uh, but but yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. I think the expectation will be high for us though. Like irrespective of how good or how it's sort of indifferent they are or could be, um, the onus really is on on us getting a result here. And I, I don't think that expectation is is any less than than winning. I mean, arguably, right? Like we've this is supposed to be our easiest game of the campaign. How long the campaign goes on for? This is supposed to be our easiest one. So I think you're right. Like expectation will be there. Like for me, I I will be like I'll be expecting a result on Thursday. Like I've never watched them play in my entire life, but like. You're the third best team in Greece, as James said in the chat. Like, and we're on a hell of a run, and we're at home in our first ever Europa League campaign or a European football game in our history. Like, I am expecting a result on Thursday. Do you two feel the same way? I mean, we should we should comfortably comfortably beat them um, with all our peripheral knowledge of this club and how they play. Um, I think I did read some anecdotal Reddit comment about how they they. They actually don't play massively dissimilar style of play to, to how we do, but just with worth, worse players and less effectively. Um, so we'll see. I, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if I think if you're them, you see what Brighton are doing at the moment. You probably come to an away game and you come out and you you, you, you try and do what West Ham did and you use that as the blueprint. Um, that's the only concern. But if we get the one, the atmosphere is going to be nuts. Like if we can't score at home against this team, like, I don't know. On a Thursday night, uh, it's got to be a it's got to be a battering, hasn't it? Still, you feel so. still feels a bit weird, doesn't it? It feels still feels a bit surreal for me that we're going to be playing on a Thursday night, and I'm going to have to tune into Paramount Plus over here to to watch Brighton play. Um, but yeah, it's. I think we. Should, Ex- expectation is yeah that we get three points on the board right as josh said they were pot four so typically home game against the the lowest seed in the group you kind of have to think we need to win here um in order to set ourselves up um but i am worried about the whole park the bus type deal um and being able to break a team down um i'm just hoping you know Averaging three goals a game at the moment is absolutely insane and and if we if we get at least a couple of goals I'd be confident that we're going to take three points away. 
<laughs> James, James in the chat noted that they actually might be one of the toughest teams to play if they set up a 10 team, uh, 10 man phalanx. Uh, it's a decent amount of sort of uh, before Christ battle references on the podcast, more than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is, isn't it? Um, it's, it's, it's been a weird, weird week. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the starting 11 is going to be incredibly interesting, isn't it? Do, who do you, who do you expect? I mean, some of those players were shattered out there yesterday at the end of the game. And for good reason, like they were ran into the ground because United counted very well. Uh, for a lot of that game they had to even if they didn't do anything with it like there was a lot of running that those players had to do um out of that group I'm, i mean i'm assuming we'll see Esther Pinion back right i'm assuming he'll probably come back in i would have probably expect jao pedro to get a start do you think ansu fatty also gets in because they're gonna deserve gonna want to mix the old heads with the with the young right like what what are you expecting from this start in 11 on thursday night uh, I, I think the big boys are coming in, aren't they? They've got, but this is the this is the one where you make a point. But I, I if you're going to start Ansu Fati in a, in a in a comfortable set of surroundings where he's played at that top top tier level, and you want to bring someone in that knows how to play under the lights, um, it's this is the time, right? This is the game you you start him. Um, I could see him playing if Ferguson's okay. Lob him up there as well. Um, and then I think we'll see all change in that midfield area. I wonder whether you give Pascal Gross a rest. A lot of, lot of game time for that man. And he's not young. Uh, so I'm wondering whether you see Billy Gilmore and then one of a, do you bring in the wise wise old shoulders of a James Milner to play in his actual normal position there? Maybe. Uh, Lalana just played a decent amount of game time this weekend. Do you give him a rest? Because... I know they've not won a game yet, but Bournemouth looked like a decent outfit under that 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 new manager they've got. Um, and you want three points against Bournemouth at home at the weekend. So I wonder whether you rest your your Tarek Lamptey's, you rest your Pascal Gross, you switch your keepers around. Maybe you give Adam Webster a go because you don't want to run Van Hecker into the ground either. Like you, We are going to have to talk about rotation is going to be a theme throughout the whole season. So I think I've just listed every player in the squad. I, I think you save Ferguson for Bournemouth. I, I think mm. I think maybe the, the the wise head of Welbeck up top with maybe Fatty behind. Um and, and Matoma and March playing. Like that's that's probably my front four. So no Jao Pedro for you. I don't think so. Sport for choice. Well, do, you, do you go with that top two? Like do you just go with that top two of Pedro and Fatty that we left off at Old Trafford with? I, I, it was so effective. I think the for me, Welbeck needs to be there. It's either Welbeck or Ferguson. I, I don't think. I'm not sure if I'm putting Pedro in the same bucket as those two. Um, when it when it comes to what they need to do and what they bring, um, yeah, I, I do think yeah, Gilmore and Dahoud in the middle sounds nice, right? Um, I think you you keep Milner to this shore up the game with 20 minutes to go. Um, and yeah, there, there's a there's a lot to talk about. I, I think none of us are probably going to get it right. <laughs> but, but it's a, but it's a, it's important to speculate and and sort of understand because yeah you've, you've got a game what three days later um that is yeah. a is a must win. How many people well, do you think would have predicted the Man U lineup correctly if you polled every <laughs> man? Zero, zero, yeah. absolutely zero. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? Here's, Josh? Your, here's your million. Well, here's your million pound dollar question. Uh, 
at what point and at what game do you rest Mr. England now, Lewis Dunn? We're talking about resting Van Hecker to not drive him into the ground. This is a lad that's just had a full international break at England. He played a full game as well. Like we talk about Esther Pinion being bionic. Lewis Dunk has already played a lot of football. He's played the same amount of football as Pascal Gross did. At what point do we talk about dropping him for a rest? Because you would think this is a great game for Igor to step in, who has played European football at the highest level. But I think you would have to prize the Europa League from Lewis Dunk's cold, dead hands before he doesn't start on Thursday. I think that's the way has to start the first one right so like, like what like Bournemouth like do you think he rests at Bournemouth or do you think he just like hopes he can keep going and run him into the ground about mm. when I, do we play Man U at home easiest game of the season so rest of them <laughs> <laughs> well he definitely doesn't play in the Carabao right like that's mm. an obvious given when that's is that one set of, uh, end of this month I think right next it's month not, not officially listed on the fixture list I'm looking at yeah um but Igor is that left centre back, isn't he? The, the, I think once he's had time to bed in and, and understand how we play and, and how we do things, I think he's going to be really good. Um, he's definitely the dunk rotation, right? At, at left centre back. The 27th, uh, by the way, it's next Wednesday, next okay. Wednesday we play Chelsea. Yeah, you, you put out a second string there and still win, right? <sighs> Not Honestly, to get probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but have you have you looked at what happens in November? Because not that long away, um, for those calendar fans. Um, so we're like we've got Everton away, Ajax away, Sheffield United home, Forest away, Athens away, and then you go into December on the second, Chelsea away. A lot of travel in November, a lot. Uh, yeah, well, there's going to be there's the rotation is going to be mental. It really is. We're gonna have, we have to arrest everyone. But yes, but yesterday is a good start, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can yeah. we can do it. Like, and it's, that's fine. Like our predictions will be up the you know up the wazoo. But uh, they always are. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're, they're not worth a, not worth the microphones I've spoken into. Are they really? Um... <laughs> Don't feel bad for Buena Notte, and but this right because I he'll be in the starting eleven, and he'll probably start well, exactly. the Athens. We don't know. Well, I, I mean, at a minimum, right? Like, he's definitely going to get 90 minutes, if not 75, at Chelsea. Like, no doubt about it. Like, he is absolutely playing against Chelsea. Like, no doubt. If he's not already played beforehand, he's getting minutes there, yeah. surely. Yeah. But you probably try Belieber then as well, if you haven't already. Um, yep. Because I didn't deserve you say something earlier this week about how, like, we, midfielders, or someone said, we take a little bit more time to get into the system. Um, yeah, he said it's yeah. his hardest role. Yeah, he yeah. said it's the hardest role to get acclimated to, so he wouldn't be starting for a while, which yeah. I think we all said, didn't we? Plus, like, he's so young. I think, like, the double whammy of, like, I, like you say, I think I think we can probably see him maybe play 45 minutes against Chelsea, which will, might end up looking too soon for him. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we're covering after Villa that weekend and saying Baleba looked shit against Chelsea. And in two months' time, he'll be an absolute world beater because I think that's just the way it seems to look like in Deserbius midfield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of games coming up, man. Like it's going to be an interesting set of squad starting 11s. And I think 
and you know, I don't know if you had anything else to add, but like towards, you know, to wrap this up, like I think Adam, you said it best at this point, whatever 11 throws out there, like you just got to believe it's going to win because he just keeps putting them out there and they just keep winning. Yeah. Greater than the, 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 the sum of the parts and all that. It's uh, it's just getting the deserve system. It doesn't matter as long as you've got legs uh, and you you can run a bit and you you actually fight for the for the for the badge and the shirt. It doesn't it doesn't really matter at this point, right? And we're we're seeing that we saw it yesterday. Absolutely mental. What a what a time! Whoa. All right, so we will be back. I think Thursday night full time uh, for the Athens game. I will be there, so I will try and call in as well. Not sure if Robin's going as well, but either way, we'll have at least two or three of us on here for the Thursday night. Um, and then obviously we'll be back Bournemouth as well to cover that. Uh, there's, there's a lot. That's why we added another, another person to the pod, right? Uh, you're going to see the rotation going on here as well. Um, but we will, yeah, we'll be back Thursday post-Athens, hopefully in just as good a mood as today. Um, we have... An unbelievable start to the campaign, really, haven't we? We've took, what, 12 points out of a possible 15. Uh, we have scored more goals than anybody in the Premier League so far, which is just insane to say. Um, and I think we're second just about every positive offensive stat in the league, if not first, uh, to Manchester City, which is not terrible company to keep, is it really? No. It's the, outside of today, I don't want to do any spoilers, but... In general, it's like coming second to Verstappen. That's what you want at the moment. You just you just want that that second place trophy, and we're doing it, which is wild. Yeah, you love to see it. All right, fellas, uh, we will be back midweek for our first Europa League podcast, um, and we Ooh. will yeah have Tasty. a good start to your week. Cheers, all. Cheers. <laughs>